0: Disrupting Japan. Episode 80. Disrupting Japan is sponsored by Wall & Case. If you've ever tried to hire staff in Japan, you know how crazy it can be. I mean, there are over 3,000 recruiting firms here, and they're all telling you pretty much the same thing. Well, the guys at Wall & Case are different. When you're coming into Japan, they'll sit down and work out a long-term hiring strategy with you. Is it best to start with a country manager? or perhaps ahead of partner sales. Maybe the first step is really a community manager. Now, I've known the team at Wall & Case for a long time, and they've worked with a lot of the companies that have been on this show and with some of the world's biggest brands as well. So if you're hiring in Japan, you really should talk to Wall & Case. Welcome to Disrupting Japan, straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, And thanks for joining me. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for music apps. The competition in this space is intense, and almost every niche seems to be filled. So trying to differentiate a music app calls for a lot of creativity. But it's usually their quixotic quests for business models that is the most interesting. The problem is that people just don't want to spend money on making music. The amateurs and the dabblers don't spend enough time on the hobby to invest much. And the professionals? Well, speaking as a former professional musician myself, I can tell you that professional musicians never have any money in the first place. Well, today we sit down with Akinori Fumihara of Nana, And they might have just cracked the code... Nana is a collaborative music creation app where different users upload and submit different tracks to a song, which can be edited and remixed by others to create an unlimited number of arrangements. Nanana has become a huge hit with its millions of users, and just like Google, the name Nana itself has become a fully conjugatable verb in Japanese, nanaru, nanatteru, nanatta. I use Nana. I'm using Nana. I use Nana. Now, I'll warn you in advance that Aki's English is not as good as some of our other guests. But the man is really excited about reaching out to foreign listeners, and so he decided to make it work and come on the show. Nana is a very cool app, and Aki's a pretty cool guy. He's got an amazing life story, and he started a fascinating company. But you know, Aki tells that story much better than I can. So let's hear from our sponsors and get right to the interview. Koto Work is doing something pretty cool. It's a community of Japanese language students who want to work at Japanese companies with global ambitions. Koto Work also trains them in business culture, Japanese hospitality, and a bit of global marketing. And since it's a real community, Kotowork is always there for both candidates and companies to solve cultural misunderstandings and the hundreds of other little problems that can come up when foreigners work for a Japanese company. work has a wonderful, long-term, community-based approach to making sure everything runs smoothly, and you should really check them out at kotowork.jp. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs> so I'm sitting here with Akinori Fumihara. The CEO and founder of Nana. Thanks for sitting down with me today. Nice to meet you. <laughs> That's great. Now Nana is a social music platform, but can you explain what is social music? How does Nana work? And Nana is music collaboration on iPhone and Android.
1: The biggest feature is collaboration and overdrive. Yeah, for example, I record the bass line, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Next, and Mr. A adds drums, boom, 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 boom.
0: So, and Mr. B adds piano. So each user adds a new part to the piece, yeah. and they collaborate to build a, mm-hmm. to build a song, to mm-hmm. build the orchestration. Do they record directly into their iPhones? Mm-hmm. Or do they upload tracks? Ah, yes, yes, yes.
1: Y- you can just use smartphone.
0: Okay, so are there editing features within Nana? Or is everything sort of recorded live to layer it on top of other tracks? Either can upload and overlap. Okay, so this really is a... Casual music app. So yes. the so the focus is not creating a finished work. It's really just having fun. Yes, exactly right. So uh, music is um,
1: communication.
0: Well, tell me a bit about your customers who uses Nana. Okay, uh, we have three
1: million users and mostly teenager,
0: mostly teenage boys, teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Is that Mostly teenage girls? Girls, yes. All right. NANA is also available in English, right? Yes. Um, in fact, we have 13 languages available. How many of your users are in Japan and how many are global? Uh, Two million users in Japan and one million is uh, overseas. Wow, so one third of your users are overseas. What, what are the main countries besides Japan? Ah. that people are using this. our yes. uh, top five countries are Thailand, America,
1: Vietnam, India and France.
0: Okay. That that seems like a strange collection of countries, so why those countries in particular?
1: <laughs> I, I don't I don't know yet. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> growth naturally, yeah.
0: So just word of mouth growth.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Excellent. Okay, if we say teenage girls are the biggest user base, what are they using NANA for? Are these people who want to become professional musicians? Are they people who are just having fun with their friends? Why are they using NANA?
1: I think uh, everybody uh, just want to sing and uh, deliver feelings to their friends and uh, want everyone to just listen to their songs and uh, then not w- wanting to be professional okay
0: so it's more of a, a hobby yeah hobby yes but but I understand a lot of your users are very engaged they have their uh, their Nana ID on Twitter profiles mm-hmm. and social media quite frequently
1: uh, yes you uh, that who has energy engaged to our app, 10 hours
0: a day. 10 hours a day? <laughs> a day. Okay, that's some pretty heavy use. Yes. That, that's 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 not a hobby anymore. That's, uh... <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about you. Mm, me, okay. <laughs> so you have a background in music, right? You used to be a professional singer.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I wanted
0: to be a, a professional
1: singer, and uh, I I love Stevie Wonder, and uh, Ray Joel uh, and oh, <laughs> Jazz
0: <James enough>. Joplin. <laughs> <laughs> I love a uh, jazz and rhythm and blues. Was that your main motivation for starting Nana? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but also uh, I came across uh, the
1: video on YouTube. This was sung by 50, 57 amateur singers all over the world at a Haiti earthquake relief. Yes. Oh. And I was greatly moved. It's awesome. People are united through the song and the harmony. It was so amazing. But I don't see any Japanese here. Yes. Uh, then I realized that the concept, Music United the World, is widely spoken, yet it isn't realized. I would like to create that world uh, without loneliness
0: by uh, connecting people
1: all over the world with music.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I remember that video. Mm-hmm. So it was this collaboration of people from all over the world
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who
0: were creating this song yes. together.
1: Yes, we are the world right. for Haiti YouTube edition.
0: And so that was your inspiration for Nana? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Before starting Nana, what were you doing before Nana? <laughs> I was a mature racing driver. You were a race car driver. <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> Tell me about race car driving. How long were you doing that? Yeah,
1: five years, five years, and um, 2004 and 2009. Yes.
0: Okay, from being a race car driver to starting a music startup is a pretty big <laughs> change. Oh. <laughs> Why did you quit racing cars?
1: Uh, at that time, my dream was become a Formula One driver, but it cost so much. <laughs> So I had to
0: create. You couldn't get the sponsors?
1: No, I have no
0: sponsors. Okay. So changing from race car driving to music, Mm -hmm. um, these are targeting things where there's very little money. (laughs) 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 But okay, so once you got the idea and the inspiration for Nana, you were part of Movida's early acceleration program. Mm-hmm, yes. It, it brought me
1: a lot of benefit. Uh, networks. And they have invested me when I haven't established a business model yet. Uh, so it was very, very helpful for me. But uh, wasn't able to uh, bring me on financial side.
0: Oh, okay. So... The amount of money they invested was very small, but I guess you were there learning how to run a company and how to hire and how to, to build the product. <laughs> so you guys went live in uh, November of 2012. What was, How much traction did you get initially?
1: At first, uh, we achieved 4,000 uh, downloads. In the initial launch, but the 10 degrees, 2000, uh, 700, 200, okay. Uh, uh,
0: 100. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after the big announcement and the big release, you got a lot of attention mm-hmm. and then it just trailed off. Yes, yeah. yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, how did you turn it around? How did you start attracting users? It was by uh,
1: tuning uh, the UI, UX uh, of the app and also App Store optimization through our
0: users' back. What did you change about the UI? Oh, so I completely changed it.
1: Yes, in your change.
0: So it's very unusual for simply changing the UI Mm -hmm. to. Cause an app to suddenly become successful. So, you guys also did a lot of uh, social media outreach and you've even had some live events as well, right? Mm, and the and biggest reach uh, was users
1: sharing on SNS, Twitter.
0: Oh, okay. So, you added the ability for your users to share their, their songs and their collaborations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. <laughs> you also held a live collaborative yeah. music festival, yeah, right?
1: NanaFest, yeah.
0: <laughs> tell me about that. We did a festival uh, created by
1: Nana users. I wanted to provide a real place, not a virtual place to enjoy music. Yes. In 2015, there were 1,000 people uh, that came to NanaFest. And uh, this year, uh, we are going to hold it in August.
0: Okay. Is the festival also creating collaborative music or performance? Or Mm -hmm. what happens at the festival?
1: Everybody is a performer. Everybody can join. They can listen, sing, play. Uh, They
0: can experience
1: anything together.
0: That sounds awesome. So have there been any bands or records that have come out of Nana collaboration yet?
1: Uh, Yes, there are uh, many users who created a band together or released a CD album and became a professional. Fantastic. Uh, There even were
0: uh, users who got married. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) That's great. I guess that's the best result for collaborative music. (laughs) Before, you mentioned that the business model was always challenging. It's always hard to sell to musicians or to make money from musicians because they don't have any money. So, what is Nana's business model? Basically,
1: with two models. Uh, One is monthly subscription and the other is in-app advertisement.
0: What do the paying users get that the
1: free users don't get? Premium users uh, get a special voice effect. Uh, They can search by most uploaded users,
0: and hide
1: in-app ads, and so on.
0: Well, it's been five years since NaNo launched. You guys have recovered from almost going out of business. So what are the future plans for Nana? What is the end goal here? Do you plan on selling the company for M&A? Are you plan on IPO it? Or do you just want to keep running a, a music collaboration company forever?
1: Um, our ultimate goal uh, is to sing. Uh, we are the world. after <laughs> love the world. So uh, in order to make my goal uh, come true, We want to expand more globally, acquire 1 billion
0: users. That's quite a big goal. (laughs) Excellent. Well, let me ask you some questions about Japan in general. So you're from Kobe. Yes. Was Nana founded in Kobe? I had the
1: idea in Kobe but uh, moved to Tokyo to launch
0: it. This is interesting. So I want to ask you why, because it seems so many companies from Kyoto and Osaka Mm -hmm. will either start in Kobe and then move to Tokyo very quickly, or like you, move to Tokyo to start their companies. Mm -hmm. I know both of those cities really want to build up an entrepreneur community. So why did you move to Tokyo? Why not stay in Kobe? (laughs) Mm,
1: In Kobe, uh, people would talk about it, but they wouldn't act. (laughs) But in Tokyo, uh, people actually act on the idea to actually establish a company. And uh, people in Tokyo uh, were also able to gather people. Uh, This was the biggest reason. Okay,
0: so you could gather the team, mm-hmm. gather the funds in Tokyo. Yes, yes. All right. So I talk with governments and universities in Kansai, both Kyoto and Osaka, and they're always saying, what can they do to build a startup ecosystem there? Mm-hmm. So what kind of things do you think that universities and, and governments can do to help startups stay in that area? That is a very, very difficult question. <laughs>
1: uh, I think uh, if there is any startup in Kansai area uh, that were able to raise their company like in Shukun Bai, uh, then that might make a big difference. But that's not easy to do. Uh, so I, uh, I think creating a community of people That has a strong energy for entrepreneurship and it creates a community bigger
0: one by one. uh, That might make a difference. So it sounds like it's something that has to happen naturally. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's right, yes. Okay. I guess in Japan, for the startup community, it's best just to start in Tokyo and then expand from there.
1: Uh, I think so. People who you can meet in Tokyo uh, is different from other cities. They all have a strong purpose to stay in Tokyo. They have an entrepreneur mind, and you cannot find that many people uh, which
0: have the same mind outside of Tokyo. Okay. Let me ask you about startup accelerators. So you went through the Movida Accelerator and had a really good experience there. What kind of startups do you think should go to accelerators? And what kind of startups do you think should just grow the company on their own?
1: I I think people who uh, want to grow their company uh, bigger as quick as possible, and they should use acceleration program. But people who just want to earn many profit with their business, they should go their
0: own way. So by earn many profit, you mean just, so people who want uh, rapid growth should go to an accelerator and people who want to do a more stable, (laughs) slow growth
1: (laughs) business should go on. on.
0: That makes sense. (laughs) Listen, before we wrap up, I want to ask you what I call my magic wand question. If I gave you a magic wand and I said that you could change one thing about Japan, could be the education system, the attitude towards risk, anything at all to make it better for startups in Japan, what would you change? Ah, yes. Uh, good question.
1: <laughs> I, I, want, I want people to make Japan a world like a ghost in the show. <laughs> okay. yeah. Yes, anime, I love anime. <laughs> I, I want to connect people's minds together at a glance uh, so that you would be able to see or read their mind uh, when communicating. Uh, Sometimes there are complications uh, when people communicate, uh, like misunderstanding by words or how they say it. But uh, if if you can read their mind, uh, you would be able to understand what each and every people are thinking.
0: Okay. Do you think this is... um A Japan problem, or is this true (laughs) everywhere? Everywhere? Everywhere, (laughs) Everywhere, yes. Well, it's interesting. A lot of my Japanese guests have told me that it is easier for them to be direct in English than it is to be direct in Japanese.
1: Uh, Well, for me, Uh, I need to be able to speak English more. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think, you're, I think you're, you're doing great. Well, listen, Aki, thank you so much for sitting down today. Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> your journey to success in Japan will involve some twists and turns. In trying to navigate new terrain, planning the safest, most effective way through on your own can be overwhelming. The Carter Group have been using market intelligence and research to guide Japan entrance for decades. They've honed an agile, cost-effective, but consultative approach that will help you find the perfect product market fit, explore user and consumer dynamics, and act as an honest broker to let you know the reputation and track record of potential partners here in Japan. And when you're ready to go, their executive search team can also help you hire the right people to drive your business forward. So if you haven't got Japan completely figured out yet, the Carter Group can help you out. And we're back. Aki mentioned that a change to Nana's UI is what turned around Nana's falling download numbers and declining fortunes. But I think we need to dig into that just a little bit more. You see, version 2 added a social sharing component to the app. It added a legitimate avenue for viral marketing, where each user could share their experience with the app with many non-users. Now, this is really essential for anyone considering building a consumer app today. There are simply way too many apps out there. And the only way you can hope to garner any attention at all today is to either have a massive marketing budget or to incorporate a viral mechanism into your app. A way that users not only can share their use of your app, but that they actually want to do so. Another point that came up after our interview was that while music may be a universal language, most of the collaboration on Nana happens within a given country. Japanese collaborate with other Japanese, French collaborate with other French users. I suppose it's not too surprising, since collaboration requires a lot of discussion about the music that is being created. Getting back to Nana's core mission, however, I think they're getting back to the roots of what music really is, In fact, for most of human history, music has been participatory and collaborative. It's only been in the last hundred years or so, after the invention of the phonograph and the emergence of the music industry, that music became something to be consumed passively and where there was a clear distinction between those producing music and those consuming it. Today, technology in general, and apps like NANA in particular, are blurring these lines again. And that's the way it should be. If you love music and you've ever tried to collaborate online, well, Aki and I would love to hear from you. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show080 and let us know what you think. And when you drop by, you'll find all the resources and links that Aki and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. And hey, I know you've been meaning to do this for a while now, but when you get the chance, please leave us an honest review on iTunes. It's really the best way you can support the show and help us get the word out. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.